Welcome to Equine Devil's Advocate Podcast. Yep, it's follow-up Friday. Who doesn't love a Friday? And the weather's still being sort of quite kind. So um, this is another episode brought to you from outside. And a little bit more noisy today, a little bit windy, a bit blustery. And I apologize if you hear the noise of the occasional chainsaw from I'm not sure who. But anyway... We are here to follow up on Monday's podcast topic, which was the willing participant. This is where I told you the story of a pony that I was asked to break for the owner's children. And said pony had a somewhat, shall we say, unique lifestyle uh, and threw me a bit of a curved ball. If you've not had the opportunity to listen uh, to that episode, you can still find it and the other episodes on the website, which is www.equinedevilsadvocate.com. That is all one word. Uh, Go to the podcast page or you can find the link on Facebook, Podbean, Spotify, Google+. We're still working on uh, iTunes and YouTube, so we'll let you know on any developments there. So the overriding question of the topic was, should I become the willing participant or should the pony become the willing participant? So before I get back to the story for you, I did say on Monday's episode, this is a situation where I cannot use judgment. Well, what did I mean by that? Well, here we go. This is what judgment looks like. In fact, this is what judgment sounds like. It's a wrong un. It's not right in the head. It's just disrespectful. It's not safe for children. It's traumatized. It's trying to dominate you. It's been spoilt. It's having far too much food. It's because it's on its own. It should have some company. The grass has gone to its head. It needs a jolly good hiding. There's no point beating around the bush. We all know this last one would be advocated by some. And we all know that it does actually go on. And another one. It doesn't like you. Well, what doesn't it like? My face? My deodorant? Can any of these opinions or judgments be helpful? Not just to this situation, but to any situation. Let us know. What do you think? And don't be shy. Your input is valid. So, here at Equine Devil's Advocate, we thank you for your correspondence. And it's really interesting because it seems that we have a real 50-50 split, bar one. And that was, it did make me chuckle, run for your life. (laughs) But yeah, it's really interesting. So, I am now going to read you a selection of... uh, the responses that came in. Here we go. This from one lady. She said, wonderful story, very addictive to listen to. I think the pony should be the willing participant. Uh, Well, thank you for your kind comments. It's much appreciated. Another saying much the same thing. Yeah, in my opinion, the pony should become the willing participant. Another one said... In my opinion, the pony, it's his role to be the willing participant. It is not the role of the person. Thank you for your comments.
Here's another one on the flip side. I think you have to become the willing participant to gain the pony's trust and become his friend. How can you get anywhere with horses if you don't have their trust? I don't believe in becoming dominant and aggressive will get you anywhere. Interested to hear the outcome. Here's another one from this side. You definitely need to win, earn the pony's trust by playing his game. You have no other option if you wish to have a meaningful relationship with him and for the owners to continue with that once you are done. However, once you have that trust, you need to use it to ensure he then plays your training game by your rules. Thank you very much for that comment. And another from a lady who says, I'm actually quite a passive person, so I think you should become the willing participant. And I would find a way to bring the pony on side um, with a view to then turning the game around so that I then had more say in what happened. So thank you for that one. And this one has a slight twist to it. Somebody said, yes, I agree, you should become the willing participant, but how if you don't know what the rules of the game are? <laughs> I actually have to agree with you on that one. So thank you all for your um, input. It is valuable, and um, we continue to encourage you to do so. And as I said, uh, with this topic, it seems there's sort of really 50-50 split down the middle. Um, an interesting little observation is those of you that said, I should, as in they also would, become the willing participant, very much advocate the trust element as being a sort of a vital component, um, but also the fact that it's a stepping stone um, to turn the game around to our own advantage. And those of you that felt that the pony itself should be the willing participant didn't actually elaborate, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, but you all seem to advocate starting from the, your own vantage point. Um, so this is quite interesting, and I think it comes back to uh, we are all individuals and we all come to these situations as ourselves, from ourselves, more so about who we are and not what we are. So, back to the story. As a little recap of where we left off, it was on day two. There was nobody there but me and the pony and the observing monkey. Pony's tack is neatly laid out to one side, ready for use. Ha! Huh, really? Pony's charging at me, so I have realised it's a game. And I have to make my choice. My choice is I will be the willing participant. How, you say? Okay, here's my master plan. Step one, be interesting. How? I could stand on the bonnet of my car, singing Rule Britannia and waving a t-shirt around my head. Perhaps not. I could do vigorous step aerobics with loud music in front of him, just out of reach. Perhaps not. No, what I need to do is I need to make some connection, some level playing field. Okay, so what is it that we have in common, both of us, something that we both have? It's our senses. We both have five. So this is where I'm going to start. Let the games begin. <clears throat> So, as he starts to take himself back to the furthest point away from me, to the furthest point of his tether, 
I walked back to my car for some ammunition, apples. I could see him pause and look at me, and he was clearly intrigued. That was another confirmation me confirmation for me, I should say, that this actually is a game. But I'm going to play by his rules. So, both prepared, we're ready, and we're off. He's running at me, I'm striding towards him, apple in hand. Well, I thought, worst case scenario, if I'm quick enough, I can wedge it in his teeth like a gum shield. This is the ultimate game of chicken. I have to wait, 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 and now I flung my right hand in the air like I'm landing a plane and said, stop, 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 several times really, really quickly and swiftly presented the apple. I didn't do it at his mouth, but I presented it at his eyes. This was a game changer. He stopped dead pricked his ears, looked at me, looked at the apple, then back to me, then to the apple. I bit a chunk out quickly and offered it to him. A visual connection I've created, and now a smell connection I've created. So this is when I bring out the big guns, the taste connection. He sniffed it and he nuzzled it and he took that piece of apple so gently it was really clear that he probably actually hadn't had one before as soon as he took it I turned my back on him marched away and at the appropriate moment threw him a backward glance over my shoulder then I stopped I turned and repeat the same maneuver marching up to him stop 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 give him a piece of apple and march away Glance at him, wait, turn around, face him, and repeat. And funnily enough, it didn't actually take very long, because within minutes, he's now turned into a limpet. Wherever I walk, he's right by my side. He's sniffing and blowing on my hand. So I think, okay, now time for the tack, I think. I unclipped his chain. I walked with him to his tack. I put the bridle on. No problem, no issue. I took the collar off. I put the saddle on. No problem, no issue. Walked with him to my car to get my helmet. No problem. All geared up, good to go. Foot in stirrup. No issue. Hopped on, swiftly. No problem. Now for those of you that don't actually know Salisbury Plain, it's a place where there are great swathes of arable land. And lucky for me, at this time of year, all the grain is cut and harvested. So I am surrounded by nothing but miles and miles of stubble fields. It's absolutely perfect. So we, now mounted, head off away from the bus. It's perfect. I rode in walk for a short time just to get used to his feel and his little stride and so that he could get used to my feel. And then I ventured a little trot, quietly and gently with the leg, a little pat on the neck to encourage, bigger walk, a little bit more leg, bigger walk, take the walk into the trot for a smooth transition, click, click, a little bit more, a little bit more, and into trot he goes. And as if by magic, 
those little pricked ears and fluffy mane vanished. Yup, Pony no longer had a head or a neck. Buff, everything from the shoulders forward has completely disappeared. It's all between his front legs. And the hind legs clearly visible behind me in my eye line. Surprise! This game includes a bronking. Four or five good bronks on a headless pony, I'm sure you all know, results in the saddle shooting forward. It's now perched precariously like the up end of a seesaw on his non-existent wither. So, stop, 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 stop. And as if by magic, there they are. Those little pricked ears back where they should be. And he stops. So I got off, gave a piece of apple, rearranged my saddle, got back on. Okay, pony, let's play. Up into trot I go, and yes, more bronking. Repeat. Stop, 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 stop. Get off, rearrange, and repeat. Now, I will say I don't mind the bronking, and I know it has a limited appeal for him. It is strenuous, and he cannot do it forever. But I do mind the saddle, and I also know it's not comfortable for him either. So, effectively, each time I stop him and rearrange the saddle, I do actually do it so he can bronk more effectively. And this is probably the most important part of the story. I genuinely am offering him that opportunity. It's not a mixed message. I don't mind. He can go for it. Knock yourself out. And that's the key. Because he's allowed to bronk, it's starting to lose its appeal. Funny how when you're allowed to do something, its appeal does start to disappear and it becomes pointless. So now he starts to think about it. He starts to do it in a half-hearted way. He starts to listen to me and become a little bit more attentive. Now I'm actually a little bit more interesting. What else do I have to offer? He's starting to listen. I'm no longer a toy. And dare I say, I might even be on the verge of being a friend. And it's now, as that friend, that he gets a piece of apple for listening, or a piece of stop, as the apple has now been renamed. He gets a little piece for trotting and cantering, for stopping and waiting, for turning right, for turning left. And he starts to really genuinely enjoy it. This is a much better game. This game has friendship. It has stimulation to all his senses. This game has freedom. The freedom to run, to explore, to see new sights and go to new places. And we do it together because we both want the same thing. Now we are both the willing participant. I spent two more consecutive afternoons with the pony, with no issues at all. In fact, he loved exploring Salisbury Plain. In fact, on the last afternoon that I arrived, he actually whinnied at me when he saw me. I didn't, in fact, see the owner till he came to the yard where I worked, which was the following week. So I asked him, how's the pony been? In a very matter-of-fact voice, he said, oh, he's been great. Kids have had an absolute blast riding him. Doesn't matter what he's doing, all you have to do is tell him to stop. I brought you a little something, he said, from me and the wife, a thank you. And off he went to the car. 
He came back with a flagon of scrumpy, homemade cider, if you don't know what that is. Um, I call it rocket fuel. And I looked at it and thought, it's no wonder the ponies never had an apple. So, but in conclusion, the choice I made came from a place of confidence. It was my confidence. I'm not clouded by opinion. My heart is not telling me one thing and my head another. My confidence in my choice and an apple or two is what I bring to the table. And this principle must apply to all of us. Assess the situation with an open mind. Then, with clarity, go about your chosen resolution with confidence where your head and your heart are united. Whether you believe he should be the willing participant or whether you believe you should be the willing participant, it doesn't matter if you come at it with clarity and open mind and confidence. But remember, whilst we are assessing them, our horses and ponies are assessing us. And we here at Equine Devil's Advocate say, allow yourself to be assessed and understood and then you'll see how quickly and easily, with such aptitude, our horses and ponies can read us, perhaps more often than not, better than we can read them. So, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing on this lovely Friday afternoon, take care, and we'll speak soon.